The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. This is Rami. One of the best things about hanging out in the field of social enterprise is that you meet a lot of really interesting people. The social enterprise landscape is very collaborative. I recently was introduced to Jessica Robinson from an organization called Techstars. Techstars helps entrepreneurs bring new technology to different sectors of their business. I learned from Jessica that the Techstars program had come to Detroit and was currently hosting a new group of entrepreneurs that were focused on using technology to solve mobility issues around transportation. It's a big issue for us in the Detroit area. She mentioned there was one particular organization there that had developed an app that I might want to hear about. So Jessica arranged an introduction to the team of Split, and I set up an interview. I have to admit, it was a pretty cool perk to go visit them on location because the Techstars office is located inside of Ford Field. I snuck a couple pictures because it was so majestic. (laughs) Anyway, I was able to meet with two of the founders, Anya Babbitt and Matt Ferris, and one of their team members, Yale Zhang, also joined us. They kindly shared their story so far. Okay, Anya, why don't you tell us about Split? Hi, Rami. It's so great to have you here at our office space uh, at Ford Field. Uh, We're Split, and what we are is a platform for organized commuting. And what we're doing for the first time is allowing people who commute either to work or to events, uh, particularly those coming from the suburbs into a city, to connect with other people who are also connecting along those same routes and to organize those trips based on predetermined routes and to connect to people using um, an initial login through social media such as uh, Facebook and LinkedIn to allow commuters to choose who they're going to commute with, as well as to choose those routes that are already a part of their daily life. Uh, So it's really exciting for us to take an aerial shot view of any given suburb and city. And when you look at it, you see millions of people along the same route, on the same highway, really frustrated every day as they're trying to make their way, perhaps to work in the morning. And we see one passenger uh, in those cars, and the HOV lanes are completely empty. And so we started just looking at the frustration of cities and how people move around and saw this as a real opportunity, just like an airline model, to organize filling these seats and then to allow people to connect and meet and share rides together. So that's Split. So a new application that we're going to have a chance to test and use in the future. Why don't you introduce us to your team here? Great. Well, next to me is Matt Ferris. He's our co-founder and COO, so he's our operational ninja. We're really happy to have him on board. He keeps the team together, and as a former hockey player, really knows how to cheer us on and keep us all motivated. And and, uh, yeah, we're a family. And sitting next to Matt is Yael Zhang. He's our chief technology officer. Uh, He's from Atlanta and heads our tech team in Atlanta, where they really make all the magic happen behind the scenes. And uh, our translator, since I need help understanding the technology (laughs) and what it all does. And I understand your your full team is a team of 10, 
right? Yes, our full team is a team of 10. We have director of business development uh, in New York City who's managing the team while we are here based out of Detroit for a few months. And we also work really closely with Benjamin McMillan, who's our director of product development. Uh, he's really great, a visionary, and someone who truly understands the inner workings of this app and how to delight our users. So yes, we're, we're a strong team. We have this ambitious idea and goal to really change the way people meet and move in uh, every location worldwide. Before we move into some of the other details, Matt, do you want to tell us uh, what brought you here to Ford Field with Techstars? Give us a little feel about Techstars. Well, uh, it was a real roundabout path. <laughs> um, so I grew up in South Dakota, ended up coming out to the East Coast, and fortunately was able to connect with Anya, where we were able to move this venture forward at a rapid pace uh, beginning in October. And we found out about the mobility class accepting applicants for Techstars Mobility out of Ford Field in January. Figured we were a mobility team and we fit right into the Techstars mantra. So we filled in the application, thought it would be fun to apply. And sure enough, they were gracious enough to allow us in. We, uh, are f we feel very privileged to be part of this class. Uh, the Techstars name is worldwide. They're probably the best accelerator out there. They understand how to build a company from the ground up very quickly. And we're just really happy that we were allowed in and that we're able to move forward with them as a team member. Great. And just um, adding to that, you know, we are you know, really fortunate to be a part of the first ever Techstars Mobility driven by Detroit. And they've really taken a leadership role in recognizing uh, that ventures with social utility or that address societal problems can also be commercially viable and thereby great investments. And that's really important to understand that businesses can do good and do well. And um, a better, cleaner future is why uh, Split is a part of that communication. And just um, highlighting Techstars, too, the, it's the largest accelerator in the world. 600 companies have gone through 18 programs worldwide. And since 2007, I just uh, heard today from the managing director, Ted Zerbinski, uh, those 600 pro programs have raised $1.5 billion collectively, which is valued at $50 billion. And here, Detroit is the first mobility class, um, so we're the inaugural class, and really excited to be a part of that energy and enthusiasm, and really to feel the embrace and warmth of everyone not only accepting us into the Techstars family, but also Detroit, which has been really welcoming and supportive uh, and to meet people who really want to see us succeed. And we're really excited to be here and to hopefully make a meaningful impact on the city. And so we're thrilled to be a part of the fabric of transportation worldwide and starting in Detroit first. And uh, if all goes well, maybe even moving our business to Detroit. Well, that'd be exciting. We'd love to have you here permanently, or at least one of your locations, maybe, as you guys get successful. Thanks for that um, information on Techstars. We're so excited about it. As you probably know from being here already, there's a movement on social enterprise around here is why we're doing this podcast out of Detroit. There's such a collaborative atmosphere right now, and people are so creatively pulling all their resources together to help each other. It's almost this sort of old-fashioned village mentality that is happening here. I want to make a comment about 
uh, your app helping Detroit, not just from a arranging commuters coming into the city, but a lot of employers struggle with ways to get their employees to work with sometimes the bus systems aren't so reliable and they don't have any other access to cars. And so they have to have some alternative way. So it should really help the city as well, some of the residents that don't have any other ways to arrange that. That's so true. And we met with a gentleman who came to this location for Mentor Madness Day, and he told us about vehicles for change, which which puts cars in the hands of underprivileged families, uh, enabling them to be able to get to work. But there's a wait list uh, with that program. And so this app would allow people who otherwise didn't have an alternative mode to get into the city to be able to make it to work and uh, thereby increasing uh, their household income. Awesome. So this feels like a really good transition to get uh, the tech expert here. We want to hear from Yale. Yale, will you take us in a deeper deeper discussion about the app? At the core of it is really an engine that works kind of like an airline reservations model. So imagine, if you will, billions of people driving their cars around the world every day getting to work and then to home and to where, where they need to go. Most of them are driving by themselves. They're not carrying any passengers. So what happens is you end up with a bunch of empty seats, empty seats that through our system can be monetized and, and uh, reserved. That's safe, uh, that builds trust, uh, and that's efficient. So people can easily sign up through their Facebook or LinkedIn account and create a profile where they can become a host, you know, a driver, or they can be a passenger. Or in cities where there is a high uh, population density and people are not driving, they can choose to split the ride of a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft. So any type of automotive transportation can be shared as long as they're traveling along the same travel corridor. So back to your point, you know, why Detroit uh, specifically and why Techstars you mentioned the employers, and you know, there are so many people looking to come into the city. And so through the system, people can get visibility into the drivers who sign up, look at the seats and reserve seats ahead of time so that they know that they'll have a ride coming in and they'll have a ride going out. So it, it gets rid of a lot of the anxiety, gets rid of a lot of the unpredictability that you have with traditional systems and traditional you know, ride-and-share, park-and-ride uh, car lots, and so you know exactly who you're getting paired up with. You know exactly who they are, and there's a rating system and a reputation system, so that people who are the best drivers in the system can be matched to each other, and the, the pa- good passengers, people who respect the rules, and people who are bad actors can be eliminated naturally. It's an app that's developed using a hybrid development platform, and hybrid means that it works on both systems. So sometimes companies launch their app on iOS only. Um, through our process, we're able to create two separate versions, one for iOS and one for Android, and they are both uh, launching uh, at, the, at nearly the same time. People who are interested in becoming a part of the beta test can, and also signing up to be users and early adopters of the system, can go to our website, www.splittingfares.com, 
creating an account and we'll let you know where and when to go download the app for yourself. It's a great social concept. And for me, it really hits home because I've been very passionate about Detroit ever since the downturn, which was obviously many, many years ago. But seeing the city fall into a state of chaos almost, it, it was it was kind of sad. I mean, it, it, it was a city that was once one of the greatest cities in the country. It was the center of innovation. Henry Ford came here and brought manufacturing and mobility to a whole new level, and the world has forever changed because of that. So I felt, you know, this is a great way to try and do some change in that city, and how do we do that? I feel that seeing around the city, you know, you've got all of these individuals like the Illich family and uh, Dan Gilbert and so many other people who are all collectively pooling together to make an impact and make a difference, and it's really neat because you don't usually see private individuals like that come together to change a city. On top of that, when they are working so closely with the municipalities, with the mayor's office, and with the other departments within government, it really makes for a great positive change and at a really fast pace. So it's awesome to be a part of that and to be able to, in our own small way, help aid in that positive change with what we're doing, bringing people into the city and allowing commuters to connect with one another from a municipality standpoint, it helps with the infrastructure of the city. I mean, you unclog the roads, the roads then require less construction and maintenance and especially preventative maintenance because you're taking fewer car or you're taking cars off the road. Then from an infrastructure within the city standpoint, you don't need as many parking spaces and it's it's an awesome, awesome impact that we're able to be a part of. We're just really happy that we have the support of the city behind us. We've gone into the mayor's office, and we've been able to speak with so many people. And that's really just the coolest part about Techstars is the fact that they, being in Detroit, were able to get access to these people where anywhere else in the country, I mean, it's something that who knows would ever even be the possible or ever even be a possibility. Whereas in Detroit, everyone's wanting to make this solid social impact, and they're all working towards the same goal that if you show you want to make that impact with them, they're all ears and they're willing to do anything that they can to either bring you on board or help you aid in it. That was so many great <laughs> environmental pieces. What else do you guys see as a team? Anyone could answer on other social impact that you see this your split app having? We're really excited about bringing humanity back. And since I'm a non-technical person, uh, I come from a marketing and business development background. It's exciting for me to take technology, which is what the you know, founding premise of our business, and then be able to unplug from that technology once you're in a car with other shared commuters, and then be able to connect in a human-to-human way where, where people are experiencing new things together and your otherwise boring commute just turned into a social experiment. Being able to connect with people who may already be a part of your um, social network or who may not be a part of your social network. So some people in New York City um, have told us when the app eventually reaches the New York City market that they would just log in through LinkedIn and traveling salesmen would use it all day to connect with people who (laughs) otherwise they may not have access to. And other people have told us that you know they would love to be able to um, connect with their coworkers. So um, partnering with businesses and being able to have B2B engagement, where now you're seeing employees being able to connect with other employees. So there's an interdepartment exchange of new ideas and, and mm-hmm. connections that are happening as a result of this app. 
Anya, so I'm a female, obviously. What is the safety element of this? Like, is it public? I'm going to go get a ride with someone else. How is the the safe experience handled, I guess, as I think about that? Think about leaving. Would I, If I arranged it after a, a networking event at night, you know, I've arranged this. How am I kept safe? That's a that's a really really good question, and in fact, as we some other um, new ride sharing platforms that are out there, um, and some of you know the effects of using the app with a less secure system, you've seen situations in India or in Boston or in other cities where without that quality control and um, you know true safety and security of an application, it does become worrisome on some level and. As a female, I probably would be less inclined um, to share a ride unless I really felt that the person had been pre-vetted and pre-screened. And that's what our app does. So we, we, we really enforce that people must sign in uh, through LinkedIn or through Facebook. We check their photo on their ID as well as um, logging in with a telephone number. So we're able to effectively understand and prove who they are as a person and before they become a part of our ecosystem. But once they're in our ecosystem, uh, that's just it. People will use the app depending on their own preferences and you log in with preferences ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Are you chatty Kathy? Are you looking to make new connections? Mm -hmm. Or do you, you know, want to stay silent in the car and maybe you're not a morning person so you won't be talking? Empowering the user to have a choice really has an after effect of safety and security because unlike other apps where you're being paired randomly with people and you don't know who those people are, this app gives you control and choice. There is an accountability of who you're socially connected with on LinkedIn and that there is this sort of unwritten accountability that you'd have in your social circle as well. Definitely. And the app itself really reduces that creep factor by being able to have visibility into those social and professional networks. Let's now change gears and talk about your team. What brought you together? What was the glue? Uh, Who wants to go first? This is Matt here. (laughs) It's kind of a unique story for all of us, and it's always fun to tell people. I studied at Princeton University and was fortunate enough to meet Anya through an alumni contact of mine uh, that we had in common. And we worked on a different business together and almost immediately just had a, I guess, chemistry, a business chemistry where we were able to work very effectively together. And so when she came to me with this idea and asked if I would be a part of it, I it was a no-brainer for me. I had to say yes. Um, and then I'll let Anya explain the rest of the stories. What Matt didn't tell you is that he grew up on a farm or, I guess, a ranch in South Dakota And I thought I grew up on a farm, but he was quick to point out that my 100-acre lot was nothing compared to his (laughs) ranch in the thousands of of acreage. And so just uh, hearing from our mutual contact that he grew up on a farm, I I really didn't need to hear anything else because I know firsthand uh, the work ethics and values that are placed on someone when they grow up in that type of environment where we're expected to rise early at the sound of roosters crowing at five in the morning and to really put in that hard work at a very young age and um, dedication to taking care of family and also the land that really creates the sense of work hard, play hard, and do well mentality. And so we quickly bonded over that, and and the rest was history. Yale, on the other hand, was a wild card factor. (laughs) 
Uh, I was in Austin, Texas, celebrating one of my best friend's uh, bachelorette parties. And uh, first time I'd been in Austin, and I was getting ready one evening to, to leave and celebrate. And um, I walked into my room only to find this intruder who was who is standing in my room looking for something. And I, you know, quickly, who are you and what are you doing in my room? And apparently one of the girls in my party had become friendly with his party because he was there for a bachelor party. And they had stolen the emperor's hat, which his bachelor had been wearing all weekend. I guess that was the trademark of their party. And unbeknownst to me, had um, taken it and hid it under my bed. <laughs> and so when I walked into my room expecting to just grab my purse and go, I found Yale there searching and trying to find this hat. And oh so that's how we connected. And. He then told me that he was a technology expert, and I told him he had to come to New York City immediately, that I was searching tirelessly to find a great tech team, which is really hard to find. And sure enough, he came to New York City, and we had trips uh, to and from Atlanta to New York City. And uh, that's how that relationship evolved, and we were able to onboard this fantastic tech team and really grow a business together. So we, we found each other in February and have worked really aggressively since then to make the app go live. Well, that's truly a story of, of uh, proving social connections right there in tech. <laughs> yeah, did you think that you'd be a uh, part of a team searching someone's room that <laughs> you weren't supposed to be in? <laughs> Well, first of all, I just, want, I just want to make sure very clear to the people who are listening and, you know, in, in, being imaginative in your, in, at home. Uh, you know, when I met Anya, she was fully, fully dressed, okay? There was nothing, you know, nothing, uh, you know, is raunchy or you know, like that, what you're thinking about. No, it was very, very professional. Uh, I was looking for a hat that was taken away from us. I was nominated by the group to go get it. Uh, and uh, and I was on a mission, and little did I know that uh, I ended up uh, becoming a part of a greater project, a team that's uh, focused on bringing back uh, social connections, and uh, and also of personal interest to myself, because um, because because my background is a little bit more different. Um, I had spent many years in the transportation logistics field, uh, working on moving the movement of and storage of physical objects. Given that background, I already, you know, I was personally also interested in, you know, decreasing individual car ownership in preparation for a future where all vehicles become autonomous. But when that happens, when the economy becomes such that vehicles by themselves are driving by themselves, then you, then people's behaviors can change. And if people through this, through the creation of Split, are comfortable with getting into the car with, you know, vetted. Uh, other people who they didn't know before and comfortable with sharing a very close intimate space with them and travel around the city or through the, you know, or to different other parts of the country, then we will adequately prepare everyone for such an economy. So we are, we are really transforming not just the future of the commute, but the future of transportation, uh, automotive transportation in this country and hopefully around the world. It's pretty visionary there. Let's stay on the team thing for a minute. What do you think it means from the, how you guys grew up? Anya, you and I spoke earlier before this interview that you guys really started with nothing. How do you think your backgrounds have come together for this work ethic that I can just feel here? I can also feel that you guys gel really well and honor each other's differences. You can feel it palpably here uh, mm. when I'm sitting here with you. 
and there's this very collaborative respecting of each other, but also a work ethic. I can feel the the demand of excellence here from each of you. That's uh, that's really astute of you because the business is really founded on respect, and respect is really how we run our business. And I think a lot of other companies have uh, corporate handouts and codes of conduct that they print and live and breathe by, but ours is simple. We really respect each other, and um, from top down, it's really important that no matter who you are in the company or what your role is, that you feel respected and validated and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And that's really our core value as a company and our corporate culture. Is the pressure as you guys collaborate and brainstorm, is the pressure to get big quick? I mean. I think there's always that outside bait that comes along and says, oh, you know, your app could do this and your product can be applied to this and that. I feel there's always this strong bait to go faster than you should without honoring where your truth of the moment, what you need to do for quality standards. And has that been a challenge for you? Because there are so many applications of this app. One of my, my favorite quotes from hockey is, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And with what we're doing, trying to grow very quickly and move very quickly, we still have to look back at what we're doing right now and make sure we're doing it the right way. And that's really where we come together. And when we collaborate and we make sure that it's being done the right way, that allows us to move quicker because then we don't have to go back and redo anything. And speed is obviously critical, especially in this business. You know, you've got mobility apps and different things coming out almost on a daily or a yearly basis. And the way that we really create a brand that people become loyal to and accept and help obviously grow is by doing it the right way and doing it very, very quickly. At the end of the day, we know if we do our job correctly and we hold each other accountable, then we can move at the speed of light and we can make sure that this is something that becomes special and actually makes a difference. I've been talking a lot lately out in the field of social enterprise about the strength of the personality of the business. You can, you know, have a like product, but there's a strength when you take time to build the team. A personality starts to come out of the business and that makes you unique and hard to compete with on many levels. What would you guys say to somebody else who might have an idea to get off the couch. They might not have any resources, but they've got a socially-minded idea that a business could be applied to it. What would you say to encourage uh, somebody who might be listening? Speaking on behalf of all of us, we all come from humble beginnings, and we all really understand that um, hard work is rewarded, and that hard work, as well as um, connecting with other people, are the two ingredients, not even secret ingredients, just ingredients out there that uh, can really make or break an individual um, and their ability to achieve success. And anyone can do it and open, open to meeting new people and open to listening their ideas and understanding that even if that one person can't help you, that perhaps they know someone who can help you. And keeping in touch with those people and giving them updates along your journey. And we have a great network of people who want to see us succeed. And it's really important to leverage that connection and to not be shy about asking for help to really put yourself out there and you know to not take no for an answer one of the things that i really want to talk about is for anyone who has an idea it's not just to keep it in their heads you know get the idea out there talk to as many people as you can and when you're talking to them to be present and listening to their thoughts because what you have 
And I, you know, a spark of an idea doesn't really become, I would say, a bonfire or a, a something that can really become viral or infectious until it's perfected. And we do that through, you know, talking to mentors through tech stars. But the most important thing is about, you know, listening more than just trying to get your ideas, talking about it out there. And I've had to learn a few lessons through previous businesses and projects that didn't work. And the commonality in all the projects that failed was I didn't really listen, didn't have advisors or mentors. And as an entrepreneur, to be humble and be there to consider what, they, what the other people say and take that into consideration when you're uh, fleshing out and ex- executing on your own ideas. And also not to be afraid of failure. I think we're in a country where it's a real advantage and uh, failure is almost looked upon as a badge of honor. And we spoke with someone yesterday who flew in all the way from Boulder who told us his three ideas prior didn't work. And none of those things define you or your ability to succeed in the future. If you have an idea, if you have a business, believe in it. I'd be lying if I said every single day was, you know, a fairy tale. Uh, There's always going to be challenges whenever you're starting a business. But as long as you stay that course and believe in who you're with and trust in the process and trust in your team, then that will be infectious. That'll draw other people in. They'll want to be a part of what you have because of who you are as a person. So never lose that and just stay the course. The Bonfires of Social Enterprise podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, listened to on TuneIn, and for more information and to directly download episodes on your desktop, please visit bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com and find us on Twitter at Bonfires Podcast and Facebook Bonfires of Social Enterprise. If you have time, please fill out the survey that we have on the website. It'll help us do what all social enterprises need to do, which is gather data from our listeners so that we can be better servants. I'm Rami, and I want to personally thank you for listening and sharing. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.